0: The stories. I, I, I did the stories and I did the illustrations. Sometimes they would send us scripts, but I'd throw them out the window. I happen to be a guy who does what he wants, lives the way he wants to. I love people in general, even the villains in my comics. To me, a people there is something in their lives that makes them become a problem to others. That's how I saw everything. Welcome back, kids, and thanks for listening as we continue Jack King Kirby Month here on Kirby's Kids. And we're going to go ahead and enter into the realm of the spooky and the haunted here with Black Magic. Now, Black Magic was an anthology series that first came out from Prize Comics from 1950 to 1961. This was the first wave of horror comics that really led up to and fueled the outrageousness that would be the investigations by Congress, by Wortham, and then eventually the Comics Code coming into play in 1954. Well, Black Magic was one of those series, along with countless others, that were giving more adult-oriented comics content, and were really pushing the medium as far as the gory, the outrageous, the occult, and just the bizarre in some instances. Some of these stories bordered on twists from classic Hammer horror films to something that you might have seen out of Ripley's Believe It or Not. Just crazy stuff. Well, DC would acquire Prize Comics and decide to... Put together anthologies of a best of stories from the Black Magic run from 50 to 61 when there was an easing of the comics codes in the 70s. And you had this influx of magazine sized comic books that didn't contain the comics code emblem or seal on them. Well, with all of that, there came this huge influx of horror titles that were being unleashed, where subjects such as the occult, magic, and gore were finally coming back into comics. You would have titles such as Tomb of Dracula and Werewolf by Night happening over at Marvel, as well as titles over on DC, such as House of Mystery, and now this Black Magic series. So we are taking a look at Black Magic number one. And this came out in November of 1973. This one is chock full of Joe Simon and Jack Kirby goodness and takes a best of play with these stories. So our first story comes from Black Magic number 32. And this is entitled... Maniac. And no, we're not talking the Michael Sembello hit from the 80s hit movie Flashdance. This is of a different type of maniac. Maniac, come on out to the graveyard and play with him. Tom Mason kills his poor, mentally disabled brother, Harry, to protect him from a mob, very much out of the plot of Mice and Men. But the story takes a massive twist This is almost Twilight Zone-ish. And as the story begins to unfold, it soon is clear that Tom is actually the lunatic. And poor Harry had been the victim. Wow. This one is a head spinner, for sure. The illustrations in this are really great. You can see Jack Kirby and Joe Simon leaning into the weird and fantastical These characters definitely look like something out of american gothic they are rural it is this creepy family you have these town folk who deem that this brother is not fit and just the mix up the perception of the reader that okay it has to be this son who has a mental disability and instead it's actually this mentally and emotionally deranged brother who appears to be normal until he starts laughing uncontrollably. And you start to see these weird facial expressions. And Jack Kirby does a phenomenal job with these close-ups. You can tell that these faces and the transformation that we see here in our character Tom is really unnerving. Just the fine, fine detail and penciling work here as we see the distressed look on the face and the wrinkles and the distortion. I mean, truly this normal-looking guy who most folks would assume is handsome, good-looking, just transforms into this cackling, grotesque being. And I absolutely loved this from a visual storytelling perspective. Really, really cool stuff. Jack does a phenomenal job there. Now, our second story in this anthology title is called The Head of the Family. When Francie Bleeker falls in love with Hugen Fesker, she decides she must discover the secret of the Fesker family, which is that the family is a single organism sharing several bodies. This one is another mind bender for you it almost plays into that hive mind mentality if you are a big player of dungeons and dragons and lithids And that particular beast and some of the Cthulhu mythos and mind control and dividing up the control of these bodies amongst a single being or mind. That's what we're talking about here. This is crazy, crazy stuff. Again, the penciling is superb. The colors are great. The distressed looks on the people's faces. Jack is really on a roll here. The eeriness of the story is used... In such a way, with light blues, contrasting dark grays with black inks, and some heaviness and casting of shadows. There's a creepy little kid involved here. You really get that feeling that you are in a Stephen King film in some instances. Now, mind you, this is the early 50s, so Stephen King isn't even around and being an author yet. But you got this feeling... That this is an ominous, odd looking family that is something just isn't right. Something is askew here. It is a non comedic Adams family or a non comedic Munsters. There's these folks that are yeah, interacting with the town, but they kind of keep to themselves, and they're all in this one house, and we quickly realized that, no, they're actually one being, this mind, this head that has two little legs and feet and arms and hands sitting in a chair and controlling all of these other beings, and... I have to say, this is a pretty cool concept. I really like it. The horrific is really played into here. You have this mob of folks that storm the house, and uh, chaos ensues. And you know, as soon as the mind, the head, is killed, all the rest of the bodies collapse. Quite the stunning, action-packed resolution to this story. Then we move into greatest horror of them all. Now, this one comes from Black Magic. Number 29 that was, again, originally published by Prize. And in this one, Johnny lives in Sanctuary, where other deformed people live, free from the prying eyes of the public. He falls in love with Elena, a lovely secretary, until he learns her secret, that she, too, is yet another freak. This one really feels like it comes out of the pages of A Sideshow Carnival it is really interesting to see the interactions between all of these beings these people who have some sort of physical deformity or ailment. You can tell that it's definitely of the times. What is really alarming is the fact that Elena had been wearing this rubbery suit this entire time, and that she's actually this deformed being almost looking alien-esque. She's got one, two, three, four legs on each side of her, and this this grayish being a uh, really arresting completely arresting. And then finally, what ends up happening is Johnny ends up having to kill her as she is approaching him in just pure love, wanting to connect with him and pleading with Johnny to accept her as she is. And just the the sheer horror of her looks just drives Johnny to shoot her and prevent her from coming any closer. A rather tragic ending to it all. And then finally, there is... A one page short story called The Vigil. And this was quite common in comic books to have a piece of educational material, something just purely written, for the reader to enjoy a short story. We saw this being commonplace in many of the titles in the 1950s. And indeed, this is the case here over with Black Magic. And it is an enjoyable piece. Insanity would have been a welcome relief, but he could not accomplish even that. And I'll just leave you with that tagline there. Again, no illustrations to report of there, just a nice short story one-pager. All in all, this gives you a great insight into what Black Magic would bring to bear and also be indicative of the 1970s. We would be taking the best of the stories from previous Black Magic comics, specifically from Black Magic number 29, Black Magic number 30, and also from Black Magic number 32. Anthology series such as these would meet the needs and satiate the readers who were on a horror craze in the 1970s. We hope you are enjoying our celebration of Jack King Kirby Month here on Kirby's Kids. Whatever I put in my comics, I hopefully feel that this love of people may have been transmitted to them and help them. In. Not helping them in any way, I'm not a psychiatrist, but just, just giving them another friend.